0: welcome to Beyond Damascus the show where encounter meets mission you're listening on ewTN radio or Saint Gabriel radio Beyond Damascus is carried across the ewTN global Catholic radio network friends welcome to Beyond Damascus the show where encounter meets mission thanks for joining us today my name is Aaron Richards I'm your host for today's show I'm joined here in the illustrious Damascus media Studio by my friends and brothers in Christ Mr. Dan Demite well hello there oh, sir yeah, come on and
1: Brad Pierron. yes sir <laughs> Here we oh, are. Man, those
0: were they maybe, were solid. Maybe the most substantial high fives. I know. We've ever had.
1: If you've never watched <laughs> us on YouTube, you need to go there and just see to the, learn the high of, five. And the progression of them. I think we started kind of weak. Yeah, well, because
2: better. we are middle school youth ministers, I feel like high fives are a critical component yeah, of what we definitely. do to yeah, share we the need gospel. To make
1: sure that they're sharp. Uh,
2: yeah, that's what Jesus meant by the laying on of hands. <laughs> I don't, I don't know do you know, so do, know
0: the, do you guys just just because we're like, we're going there? Do you do you know what the secret is to the perfect high five?
1: Uh, look at their
2: elbow. Exactly. Is that yes. real? Exactly. I don't. know. you I were been,
1: the one who taught me? That. How have I been in the dark this whole time? Uh, that's real. I, do I've, it. I've it. met okay. a lot of
0: people who are bad at high fives. Yeah. And you let
1: them know that like immediately.
0: If you if you just take them aside a little bit and like. Save from the embarrassment of a public identification.
1: That's amazing.
0: Anyway, yeah. friends, thank you for joining us for yeah. Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Uh, today it's Advent. Uh, we're getting we're getting close <laughs> today to today, it's Advent. To <laughs> Just week of advent. Today. So uh I hope that you're having a happy, uh, faithful, uh, mm-hmm. hope-filled advent. And today we're gonna be talking a little bit about advent. Uh you know, Advent is uh, is the time when we celebrate the beginning of the new year in the church. So I thought maybe we'd uh, we'd begin talking about our favorite New Year's resolutions.
1: Yes. Mm, Dan. No. I hate New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I, I knew that That's that totally. would be the case. I am interested in some New Year's resolutions that Dan's tried over <laughs> I not don't, I don't know if I have a great list really? of okay. attempted New Year's resolutions.
2: Me. Yeah, I'm usually, I don't use New Year's as a as my Mm. my restart. I do use Advent as a restart, which I guess is the liturgical new year. And I use Lent as a good restart. I use the fall season when you're going into a new Uh, school year as a major restart. New Year's, I'm always like, just we're in conference mode. We're going from one That's conference true. to another conference. It's uh, spending time with the
0: kids. Yeah. So, well, the one the one place I think we can root ourselves today is, I agree. Usually, I think of New Year's resolutions about two weeks too late. Yes, exactly. And right. uh, and here we are. Uh, two weeks too late to celebrate the start of Advent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The start of the liturgical (laughs) New New Year. uh, New Year's resolutions. I don't think this will surprise anyone, but over time, my uh, tendency for New Year's is to have so many resolutions that I end up being faithful to a few of them, but then I'm not faithful to the other ones, and I eventually fall out of faithfulness to Mm. all of them. But um, I would say like since conversion, similarly, Advent has been a good restart for me. So I, I think in the uh, in the early, uh, years of college and in high school, I was always, uh, just like, okay, this is going to be what the perfect workout regimen looks like. And this is what the perfect homework schedule is going to look like. And this (laughs) is what the perfect, and I almost never, uh, adhered to any of that. And then I think upon like conversion, Advent just feels different. I think to your point, Dan, like the, the new year's time, there's a lot going on Advent. It actually like comes in a time where there's not like you're preparing for a lot, but I, I always feel like November is kind of this like lull time.
2: Just depends on how people celebrate Advent, right? Like, yeah, so I think sure. some people, their early December is super stressful and super fast paced and super uh, yeah. not not a, a time to focus. And mm-hmm. so I think the- um, This both- is
1: my own ignorance. It always comes out like, mid-November. It would have to, right? Because it's four weeks before Chris. So it's always like it's, late, yeah, late November. So it's November, right around yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's like the Sunday after Thanksgiving every year. That might actually be true and I didn't know it until mm-hmm. now. But anyway, New Year's resolutions. This is the place, is the place is where we discover, where we discover these things. About anyway. Advent.
0: My favorite part about Advent is actually the weeks leading up to Advent when... Like it's that one weird time in the year where the church calendar is all about the
1: apocalypse. We go to Revelation, <laughs> maybe. Yeah.
0: Dad, why are there dragons?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> are you sure this is it's the Bible? It's because the world's ending. Okay. <laughs> Christ, the King of the Universe is coming at the end. But yes I, yes, I
2: appreciate how daylight savings helps me prepare for Advent too. When it gets dark at like five o'clock my soul is naturally quieted and I don't yeah. want to do anything. That you yeah. Mean, I'm so. naturally
1: thinking about the end of the world. Cause it's dark well, at five yeah, o'clock, exactly. you know, it's like the <laughs> sunset pretty early today. No, I'm kidding.
0: So in all, in all seriousness, um, I, I the, the, we're, we're doing the show intentionally at this time for a reason. And, and that is to, to root us in the fact that it's not too late. Um, it's not too late to, yeah. uh, to begin our, uh, real commitment to to making this season count. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking before the show, as in preparation, about like how does Damascus do Advent? How how as a missionary community, um, how as individuals in in full time mission, do we do Advent? The the mission of our show is that this will be the place where encounter meets mission, where where an encounter with Jesus leads to a life of extraordinary mission. Um, you know, if you've been around long enough to join us at the tagline of the show, we talk about how St. Paul, when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, his life was changed, uh, not only in the way that he believed, but in the way that he acted Mm -hmm. and in our encounter with Jesus through liturgical seasons or through, um, moments of, of invitation and encounter with him, like our lives should be changed and we should be launched into mission. So, uh, you guys are, are two of the, two of the, coolest missionaries in town that I know of. And I was, I was curious if maybe we could just start asking like, what have those moments of encounter through mm-hmm. the season of Advent been like for you?
1: Yeah. Well, I I usually start with the missionary program. What's, what's cool about kind of our, um, I don't know, our rhythm of life here. And I, I think you spoke to it a decent bit there, Dan, that our rhythm of life here is kind of semesterly, you know, like it starts in August, kind of like the school year. And right before Advent, every year we have a silent retreat for our missionaries. And what I love about that is it's an opportunity to kind of encounter the Lord anew as you end one season and begin another. And I I think I'm tying it back a little bit to what I said about my own New Year's resolutions is I think I am one who tends to get really excited and see a lot of holes and wanna bring solutions all at the same time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that so long as you don't get discouraged when certain solutions don't come as quickly as you thought. And so that silent retreat for our missionaries is such a key moment of encounter and and I wonder if all of us would be served better if like right before the liturgical year to actually do a real examine of like, there are things that I desired this year that may not have come to pass. You know, there are things that I desired this year that did come to pass and that's worth celebrating. And there's a new season coming. I, I don't think there's ever a, a better time than the turnover to Advent for an encounter like that. And mm-hmm. that encounter is real in the sense that all of those things are everyday occurrences for us as humans. So Advent, when I think encounter within Advent, I think of an encounter like that, an encounter where God's mercy is evident to me um, because of the things I wasn't able to do that he's filling in the gaps for and where his providence and goodness is evident to me because of the things that he did do. And, and then I can get excited for the season to come. I think that's, that's a, I mean, that's a liturgical season type rhythm that I I think sometimes we overlook and take for granted as Catholics.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you mentioned the <laughs> apocalyptic, that's a tough word to say. Apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. <laughs> yes. The apocalyptic, uh, sounds like a, a popsicle, <laughs> apocalyptic. Uh, but the, the readings, right. And I think the readings actually, it's so neat because we're resetting the readings as well. And you've got yep. like right now in Advent, you're, it's all about like announcing this this longing for a savior, which I mean, mm-hmm. just enter into that from a 2,000, 4, 3,000, 4,000 year perspective of this like these mm-hmm. people, right? The, the chosen people of God hungry and longing and waiting for the kingdom of God to come or for the savior of the world to come. And then boom, he comes and to be in their like from their framework, these readings of the the prophets sharing, like he's coming, he's coming and, mm-hmm. um, is really exciting to me. And then, uh, and then boom, you get Christmas where Jesus is born and now I get a walk in the life of Jesus. I'm actually just super excited because we're, uh, Aaron and I are doing a, uh, Holy land pilgrimage in February oh, yeah, yeah. and the, our pilgrimage in the Holy land is going to start in Be- uh, Bethlehem and walk through, mm-hmm. uh, the life of Jesus. And, um, I'm realizing that, oh wow, that's exactly what we we do actually mm. every year as a church and it's really cool to be able to do mm. that in the Holy Land but like right now the church is setting us up for the start of the Savior's life right and, yeah and then at Christmas we walk through his life and so right now we're're we're, we have this four week season where we are entering into that process with the Israelites of their own longing they're crying out their their hunger. Mm-hmm. For Jesus to come. And then he comes and it's just, I mean, the church is brilliant. She gives us every year, this opportunity mm-hmm. to clothe ourselves in the life of Jesus. Like, it's just like, like mm-hmm. literally that's all we do every year. It's like, Hmm. Are we Christocentric? I think so. Right? Like there's Advent prepare for Jesus. There's Christmas. Jesus has come. There's ordinary time, the life of Jesus, which is Mm -hmm. anything but ordinary. It's absolutely like extraordinary and supernatural. Then there's the Lenten season, like where we enter into the suffering of Jesus, the the triduum and then Easter, right? Mm -hmm. And then Pentecost. Like we, we have this process where we literally get to be a disciple. Yeah, that's and, really good. And walk with Jesus.
1: Yeah, I wonder if we think enough, back to your your question too, Aaron, like there's a unique encounter to be had in Advent in stillness. Like I, I think sometimes about the, just the years that passed between Malachi and Jesus, like 400 years. Yeah, it's just nuts. It's nuts. Like we read it now and it's like, okay, Old Testament done. Let's start in the New Testament, yeah. you know, and we know the story but after malachi the last of the minor prophets at least that we have in scripture right that he he's what's, what's that Brad? You mean what? You follow prophets that aren't no, in scripture. No, no, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is the last. Like I'm sure they were like. I'm sure, I'm yeah, gonna, that's a good point. <laughs> no, a quick, quick <laughs> aside. If you're listening, there is a possibility that after Malachi, there were people that were like, the Savior is gonna come, and they didn't make it into the canon of Scripture. Okay. Oh, okay. That's, so the last of the minor prophets <laughs> in scripture. Um, so there's 400 years, and back to my point of encounter. There's like. A stillness in that there's like 400 years of stillness, like (laughs) written into the scriptures. And sometimes I think, especially for us who live in America, we're in such a fast paced reality all of the time. Yeah, and like there's an opportunity in Advent for us to analyze our lives and see, like, do I have enough stillness in it? Because to your point, Dan, once we get to Christmas, it's the life of Jesus all the way to Christ the King. But in this unique season, it's those 400 years, it's the time of John the Baptist, it's the wow, there's, there's something coming and that's cool to anticipate.
2: And do I realize how good I've got it too? I mean, yeah. the fact that I get to go to receive Jesus in the Eucharist who is it? like, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. like, could you imagine like thousands of years, this, this waiting without mm-hmm. like you, they didn't have what we have. Like mm-hmm. the Holy, like they didn't have the outpouring of Pentecost. They didn't have the Eucharist. Like, it's just like, Oh man, thank you that we are in the time that we are in. And, just the, the their faith in the old testament is insane i was reading isaiah this morning and i'm like like are you are you serious like is this even like is this real that you prophesied these words like, yeah. you actually had this happening in your prayer life b- with no knowledge of who jesus was yet like what like this guy's a, like what an insane incredible gift for the people of that time yeah. and like Isaiah must have had an insane prayer life that God was revealing this stuff to him. uh, These details about who he was years before he came. It's just, it's, it is the, it's miraculous. So miraculous.
0: Yeah. Do you you ever in your prayer journal, just like write, wild predictions of the future just in case <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea um
2: no i don't <laughs> like, you can become one of the
1: non-canon minor you
0: be, prophets you could be the next Isaiah no, I'm kidding. You know, it, doesn't, it doesn't years. work though
2: aaron if like 99 of your wild predictions are wrong and one's yeah. right <laughs> i don't know i don't know
1: okay. but um anyway stillness i think it's important <laughs> well, we take it for granted and I that think we the, well, I receive think jesus regularly
2: yeah i think the stillness is huge and i think that like i was i was joking around but i think that Actually, becoming dark late at night mm-hmm. does help me become more still because it's like yeah. I my body um, almost calms down earlier mm-hmm. and my evening is longer to be with him in silence. And I mean, <clears throat> just some practical things for like Amber and I've always, my wife and I, we've always... Um, I, I I'm a big fan of Black Friday. I know like some Catholics are like, okay, I, I can't believe you like Black Friday. It's all
0: commercial is do you, you like, go and stand and so, like, line at the store? So we used to like we people. used to make
2: it like kind of a big deal. So like Amber and I would it, Black Friday has changed. Now it's like like a month, yeah. you know? It's like yeah. but we used to like my mom would watch our kids after Thanksgiving. So they'd they would end up going over to my mom's house at like nine 30 and have a sleepover with my mom and Amber and I would, yeah, we would do the crazy stuff and we'd go out all night, get coffee. It was a date. It was fun. Then go home and sleep, wake up early in the morning, grab breakfast together. It was like, it was our thing. But the reason we did that was because it's it's always the weekend before Advent and we wanted to get all shopping and everything ready and done Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. Advent starts. Right. And so, um, and then, It's so neat because then on, on, on the first Sunday of Advent, once again, like, you know, I may trigger someone to go crazy right now, but we decorate for Christmas on the first Sunday of Advent. And why? Because it changes your entire home. And now all of a sudden, and, and Amber does decorations big. And Mm -hmm. so our whole home looks and feels different. There's, there's an Amber's hilarious. She's like, I, I, last year I got those led lights and they just were too bright. Like we need, we need the soft, soft light. white. So yeah, she, goes, more yeah. Inviting. she went and got the soft white and I was like, similar. you're a crazy woman. But then the soft white is in our house. I'm like, my soul is at rest. Like, it actually, like, it
1: makes a it difference. It seems like something's happening <laughs> in here.
2: And, and so when you enter into the season where all preparation for, for whatever Christmas is, mm-hmm. has been done. Now I'm in Advent and we're fasting, you know, there, there's no TV, There's quiet in the evenings. The home has been transformed. Everything looks different. It's darker at night. Like truly our home has become almost like a sanctuary. Last night I was in our living room and we were doing family prayer. And I was like, I was like, kids, I I," I was like, I don't, I don't think you understand what we have right here in this living room. Maybe 1% of the world has this, like the, the gift to be together as a family and such a peaceful um, rich environment where we know the love of Jesus. Like it is insane what God has given How us. Rich and, that is, yeah. And it was just this moment of incredible grace. We're like, wow, like we're blessed. And but that didn't come just because we were going with the 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 every day, every day. It was like mm-hmm. we prepared, if you will, for the season of preparation. Yeah. <laughs> we made we made ourselves ready mm-hmm. for. EWTN, Communicating the Faith.
0: So, this is the first time I just put you guys on, and I'm calling in, and it is such a blessing to speak to you. And I want to say to all of your listeners that I'm thinking of you and praying for you. If you're out there and you are lonely, or you are sad, or you don't feel you have much to praise God about, I am praying for you that you will discover something, and the Lord will really touch your heart today.
1: The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central. It's like
0: podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic okay. and, Radio. And, I mean how beautiful it is too that the church really orients us toward these moments of, of direction, right? The church yeah. the church offers to us this invitation to reset. And um, it is, it's in it's in it's in the decoration. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, maybe it's maybe it's just the the American experience of the holiday time. But there's something different in your in your sights, in your in your in the, the sounds, in the smells. Right. Mm-hmm. One, one of one of my most notable experiences of preparing for Christmas is opening our box of Christmas decorations because there's a unique smell comes from that box that doesn't come anywhere else. Right. And (laughs) it's just a good smell. Yeah. It's just so like, there's, I think there's a Christmas candle that exploded like
2: (laughs) 10
1: years ago and the remnants are still there.
0: But every time we, every time we open that box, it's like, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. This is, this Mm -hmm. is what it's like to be invited into a place of like of intentionally preparing, um, my heart from a standpoint of hope. Right. And, uh, so that's sweet. You know, um, whether we've done this deliberately and, and I hope that, that as, as our, our listeners are tuning in today, um, you know, certainly every one of us has experiences of, of what it's like to, to, to be our, what we have experienced during, during times of Advent and preparation for Christmas. And, um, I guess my invitation where I hope that the that show can lead us today is if, if we're allowing those things to happen to us, let's just take a step back and ask, what if I did this deliberately? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, so Dan, maybe, maybe it is 1% of the world that, that, that has that. Um, and I love how the the way you put that, like that experience of, um, just an oasis, uh, of, Mm -hmm. of like, of peacefulness and preparation and hope. Uh, but it's probably a, a a lot bigger than 1% of the world that's sitting in front of a Christmas tree right now in their living room. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we've, we've gone through the process of, of, of existing in this time, right. Of existing in this space of making preparation in our life and in our home. Um, we're going through the work. What if, what if we just open the
1: door to allow Jesus to speak? Mm-hmm. Yes. No, that's so real. I think um, one thing I've been reflecting on in talking about this, like, the room for Jesus to speak. Like, it's funny to me that you were mentioning like the darkness, how it gets a little darker. Mm-hmm. It's it's always interesting that we're just slowed down in, in darkness. Like there's yeah. this, there's just by nature a stillness to it. Like when the sun's up, like I'm go, go, go. And when the sun's down, there's like, it, it's almost like a gear shift. And I have I was just thinking about that, not in the sense of like, I know dark and light can be like evil and good at times, like used in that way. But there's also this reality that we live in a world right now that's that we're in waiting. Mm-hmm. We don't see yet clearly, right? Like, like heaven, the light will be turned on in, in a miraculously new way. And right now we are in kind of a darkness that we see, but dimly. And there is a part of that where sometimes like it would do me well to see that like, actually I can like, I can slow myself down with the Lord that like today on this drive, instead of getting into my next meeting, I can actually like allow my heart to, to like center on the Lord and not be in such a rush to get to the next thing, you know, or or even when I'm out like buying Christmas gifts for the people in my life, like not be so quick to buy it. Like just looking and say like, actually Lord, like I want to bless this person with this, and like in thinking about them as you're buying, instead of just getting something that you know they'll like, getting something that is intentional for them. Like, there's just like little ways I think that we can slow ourselves down. And I I am not good at that, generally speaking. And to your point, Dan, there is something about e- even well, especially here in Ohio where we kind of experience the four seasons that it's getting colder. It's the things are slowing, right? Like, um, and I d- I don't know if we. Hear the Lord as well as we could, if we don't take intentional time to slow like that. Yeah. Because he's he's always speaking, and sometimes it's almost as if I'm outpacing his voice. Yeah. You know, it's almost as if I'm moving and his voice is catching up with me instead of.
2: Well, I think sometimes leading. you have to. You have to as a, <clears throat> um, you have to be willing to say no to things if you want that as well. Like they because the <clears throat> Christmas season and because of the Christmas season, the Advent season can become very fast, right? Where there's, well, there's this, there's this office party and then there's Mm -hmm. this cousin's Mm -hmm. party and then there's this friend's party. And then, and a lot of time what happens is people don't want to put their parties post Christmas. So they end up putting them in Advent. And then, um, but even like post Christmas, I've found that sometimes there's just so this flurry of activity where, you know, you want to discern, do I want to do that? Like before you say yes to and your family doesn't have to get to get like, I think there's that you've got Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And I think there's like all of this obligation that comes upon you to like hmm. show up to everything. And like, hmm. you know, my wife and I have had conversations with my own siblings of like, yeah. I, I don't want to do all of that. Right. And like to be willing to have hmm. conversations, like can we act actively plan like with each other as an extended family? Yeah, What do we want our Advent and our Christmas to look like? And how do we, how do we have give and take? So it's not mm-hmm. like this is what we're doing <laughs> brothers and sisters. Yes. And you have to agree with me. Right. Thus like, says the yeah, leader yeah, of the family. Yeah. There's a way to be arrogant yeah. and rude about it, but just like, and you know, even having conversations with our parents of like, Hey, this is actually how we want our Christmas morning to look. And we don't want ABC and D right. And like, and this is how we mm-hmm. want our Advent to look and that those conversations are helpful because in and honest, they're not comfortable all the time. Yeah, You know, like, uh, so, but I think they're important or mm-hmm. else the season takes over your life. Yeah. What, so again,
0: looking forward to the next, the next couple, couple weeks as, as we, as we finish this Advent season, what are for you guys, the kind of the most critical components of prayer that you think the Lord can, can draw us into, maybe even is drawing you into this mm-hmm. in this season of Advent that, that we might offer for this community, you know, to, to lock into these things so that we can make these next couple of weeks. The best that they can be. I
1: I immediately think of um, of just prayer in a in a new way in Advent that um, gives space up front for um, for preparation. So because it's a season of preparation, we've already used that word a few times. I notice myself that in in my life with the Lord, and I'm sitting down in personal prayer day to day. There are times where I'll get in such a rhythm that I don't actually give time up front to prepare my heart for the prayer I'm engaging in. Yeah. It's just immediately into, I don't know, the Liturgy of the Hours, or immediately into Lectio Divina, or immediately into the story of the saint of the day, or immediately into, you you name it, the catechism. You, there's a lot of those yep. things that you can fill into that. One thing that I have been drawn back to is the fact that like my prayer time is about relationship with the Lord. Relationship with the Lord... Like if if Nina and I, every single time we got together, just immediately went into our to-do list, there would be something missing there over time in relationship. There's actually something about preparing ourselves to do the to-do list together. Like, how mm-hmm. are you? How are you? Like, like recognizing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something about preparation allows you to recognize. And as I'm thinking about Advent here, about halfway through the season, I'm recognizing that Advent every year reminds me that sometimes I don't prepare the way I desire to. Yeah. That I'm i i am kind of um, reacting to everything in my life instead of preparing for everything in my life. I'm reacting to my prayer time. I'm reacting to, to Nina and I's date night. I'm reacting to even these episodes sometimes, right? Like I'm reacting instead of preparing. And I think a very subtle way for anyone listening today, if you're like, hey, my daily prayer rhythm's a little off or my daily prayer rhythm feels stale or I don't even know what a daily prayer rhythm should look like in this season because there's so many things going on. Something about just sitting for even like a minute, you know, five minutes with the Lord and just saying, I I just want to prepare my heart for what you want today. You know, like I think right at the beginning of your prayer time is the best time because it's like whatever you want to do in this time, Lord, I'm actually just almost like a tithe, right? Like almost like I'm tithing part of this time to simply prepare for whatever you want in it for me, instead of just getting right to business. You know, um, that I, I don't know if that's a, a complete thought, but that's when you ask the question, the first thing on my mind is like, let's prepare better and, uh, and pray in a, a way that How about you, Dan? engages <clears> that. Um, one phrase that's always on my heart
2: is, um, the long awaited savior. Um, I just a, a I wrote a talk one time called that and uh, uh, that was the name of the talk, and it just has always stuck in my heart and i think <laughs> I think that's really kind of where i my heart goes a lot in advent prayers this long awaited savior and um meditating on the power of Jesus when he is in his public ministry he say, he says um, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, and the way that must have sounded for people who are crying out for him for so long.
1: Um yeah, like Anna and Simeon. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We've I mean, been in here for a while. Yeah. They're <laughs> just waiting and waiting. And and he says the
2: time is, has come. It's mm. you don't have to wait any longer. And I think that <clears throat> so that's always a rich like meditation for me of like, okay, there are people who um are waiting for the Lord to heal them and they're waiting for the Lord to show up and He's hungry to show up in their lives. And um and to increase my faith for, for his, his coming here and now. Right. And, um, so I think that's a lot. I also just do the prayer silence a lot. So unfortunately I probably, you know, like sometimes Amber and I waste our evenings. I, I I feel like with noise, like whether it's like, I'm tired, let's turn on the TV and, um, just the simplicity of like fasting from TV or reading or podcasts or anything in the evening is like, I've actually just been fasting from like, anything. It's kind of fun. Like I'm just mm-hmm. sitting on the couch just in the silence and yeah. my thoughts are really going nowhere, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, but I'm spending more time. Like the, the, there's a comedian. I can't remember who it is that talks about the guys that have a nothing box. Yeah, like right, I'm using right. my nothing box. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think there's just something about just being, um, and, Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been a really fruitful prayer for me, actually, this season of yeah. just, just being and not having a prayer book, not having you know like, Oh, I want to get this done during Advent, just actually resting, uh, in the evening for a couple hours and just, and Amber and I've had beautiful conversations through it. And mm-hmm. But, uh, so I think silence is a, a really special gift during the season. Yeah. Okay. So Brad, you, you led us into preparation, yep. um, Dan
0: reflection on silence and, uh, it, you identified a waiting, um, and I might, I might put another word on that, like just the hunger,
2: hmm.
0: a hunger for that. Yeah. That's hearing, hearing you preach and lead this community over the past couple of weeks. I think hmm. that's something that you've consistently been, mm-hmm. been leading us in, um, mm-hmm. that this is, this is really, uh, it's a season that I think orients us toward, toward asking ourselves, like, how hungry am I for the Lord in my life? And how can I, how can I desire more?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, we mentioned it earlier in the show, but, but I, I think for me, Advent has really, uh, taken on a new experience in a, in a unique and, um, intentional time of fasting that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, my, my Lenten fast is different than my Advent fast. And I, I hope there's, this is not spiritual direction. Please don't take it as <laughs> that, right. The, uh, you know, we are surrounded by just such beautiful, like seasonal, um, treats and celebrations around Advent. So, I I like to to fast in like the beginning of my day. I dedicate the beginning of my day, um, mm-hmm. and uh, hmm. uh, live simply. I don't I don't like to have uh, extravagant, you know, meals. And then and then in the evenings to celebrate with the family. Yeah. And it's like every day is a cycle that that I get to experience again of like choosing choosing to to be hungry, and choosing to wait. And then and then celebrating and enjoying yeah. our our, our mm-hmm. life together our time together so I don't know uh, again the the goal, the goal of today's show is that we might focus on moments mm-hmm. of encounter um, in these last couple weeks of, of Advent time and then leading into maybe a conversation about mission mm-hmm. so once again beyond Damascus uh, there, there's no authentic encounter with Jesus that doesn't launch us into a place of mission what does mm-hmm. mission look like hmm during during a time of Advent, I think I think often in the busyness and even in the in the 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 quiet time of the year, like I think I think many many people do, kind of t- uh, trend inward uh, during yeah. during this time of year. But how how can we respond authentically to a call of mission? And how does an attitude of of preparation, of hunger, of silence, and of fasting? Lead us into a lead us into a place where we can actually be launched in mission.
2: Yeah, Brad, how does it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, we did prepare before the show a little bit. It's a really good question. Yeah, it's a challenging it. question, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I, I don't know. I, I was, I'll start here. So when you were mentioning um, like the idea of like the long-awaited Jesus, mm-hmm. one of my favorite lines in the season of Advent is, "Death's dark shadow he put to flight." And like, I I think when I think about that, like a mission during Advent, at least for me, is uh, like a a mission of like, a mission of joy that I think because I'm always so fast paced in my life, there are times when I'm um, anxious about the things of the day. And in Advent, because I'm taking more silence, because I'm preparing in a different way, I notice myself more present in the environments I'm in. It's funny because when I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I talk to missionaries, I talk about the different ways that we um, do mission over time, right? Like when we are first teaching someone to be evangelistic, we teach them to invite people to things, invitation. Um, We teach people how to be pastoral, right? Conversation. So you have invitation, you have conversation. You can imitate imitation, right? Like when I read the scripture, I see what Jesus did and I try to imitate that. And then there's this representation portion, right? Where it's like, I am so present to the moment and in and in touch with Jesus that I'm trying to represent him in this space right now, even if I'm not speaking actively, right? Like I'm in this place to represent him. Of course, I'm here to get my oil changed or whatever, but like there's a representation aspect. I've noticed the, the mission of representation being amplified in seasons where I prepare better and where I'm more silent and still, because there's a peace and a freedom I'm carrying. And that idea of like death's dark shadow put to flight, like, Yes, like that that like that thing that hovers, right like that that anxiety to move to the next thing to get the right answer to um provide whatever for whoever you know like I notice that flying away whenever i'm whenever I'm more anchored. and so I don't know I, I think that in Advent there's a unique opportunity because of the fact we're getting together with family all the time and stuff like that to have a ministry of presence where I'm like, I'm attending to what the person's saying and I'm I'm going to, I'm going to ask a follow-up question. Like if they're saying something that I'm like, I don't don't think this is what we should be talking about. Not like calling that on its face, but like asking a follow-up question, like, uh, okay. So yeah, life seems to have been hard this year for you. What, what, like, give me more on that, you know, like a ministry of presence, um, to the people that sometimes we're not present to.
0: He was a pope, a saint, and a doctor of the Church.
2: Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church.
0: Pope St. Gregory I the Great is one of only four popes honored as the Great. Among his many achievements was sending missionaries across northern Europe, especially St. Augustine of Canterbury, who brought Christ to the people of England. In a pun, Pope Gregory called the English people angels. He died in 604.
1: For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Are you ready to spread your wings? Wings is the weekly newsletter that's packed with exclusive news, program information, features, and updates of all that's going on at the Global Catholic Network. To sign up, go to EWTN.com, click subscribe, enter your name and email address, and you'll start getting your
0: wings every week. Get your wings today. It's the weekly newsletter from
2: EWTN, the Global Catholic Network
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on Saint Gabriel Catholic Radio. Yeah, the, so I, I want to pin a couple targets for us, and the first the first one was was uh, um, witness, sure. right? So a ministry of presence, I, yeah. and I love Brad where you took that yeah. uh, kind of in in leading us toward a direction of I need to intentionally witness just in my in my presence to people. Yeah. Um, I think that it's it's funny because it's it's sort of like uh a very popular topic of conversation but how do we how do we intentionally witness to the person of Jesus in a way that evangelizes during this
1: season Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want to build on that, Dan?
2: I I mean I think there's a I, first of all, I think you have to give out as many um uh, car magnets that say "Keep
1: Christ in Christmas" as possible,
2: <laughs> and you should have a lot of bitterness and angry, anger at everyone who doesn't keep Christ. If Christmas. that is your mission, yeah. I am down
1: for. It. I do like those bumper stickers. I do, a bit. I do
2: too. I actually, yeah. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that phrase. I, didn't um, you just bring a giant one into our camp? <laughs> no, it did not say "Keep Christ." It was a giant nativity scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that, we only bring nativity scenes <laughs> that have bumper stickers on them.
1: Actually, now that I think about it,
2: <laughs> yeah, um, no, but the I uh, <laughs> it. it is a white nativity scene you are right same just, like, it's just like that <laughs> maybe that's where the mold came from um, but I, I I think it's really important that um yeah I, the way we communicate this season is Christocentric and the way we relate to people is Christocentric that our our joy is surrounded uh, yeah. and infused in him and so it becomes so easy to witness because at the grocery store everyone wants to talk about Christmas right so I get to I get to use Jesus's name in a very public way that is Okay, right. Yeah. And and it's I think it's we also can really use this time as a, a way to witness on how Christians live differently. Uh that like Christians do Christmas preparation different than non-Christians. Advent is different than the non-Christian preparation for Christmas, right? Or even Catholics do it different than maybe yeah. some Christians. And um, so we can witness by our lifestyle very clearly during the season. And then we can witness beautifully during the the Christmas season as well, the way we do Christmas. And so I think just making your uh, your representation mm-hmm. public, you know, like yeah. sharing... Uh, sharing things uh, with others on how you do things. And I think a lot of parents are re- really intentional in this time, focusing in on their kids. And so I think there's a really good opportunity too to um, help help give other parents ideas and, and a model for how to be intentional with your own kids. And I think the primary witness, the primary evangelization that happens during the Christmas season is likely to your own family. And so mm-hmm. like this is a season where I'm able to evangelize my children and catechize my children really well. And then all of my family is entering into my life, right? And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if I, I see it as, okay, family members are coming into my life um, and, and into my home, I can create the atmosphere that they come into. Right. and So you can be intentional and proactive to witness that this is our way of life. Yeah, come in and participate. Well, mm-hmm. even as
0: a mm-hmm. yeah, Dan, you were talking about like the idea of a reset earlier. I think everyone sort of anticipates that Advent brings with it a reset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I know, I know that not not all of our audience has has kids at home, but like if if praying with your family is is a challenge for you, like gosh, take advantage
1: mm-hmm. of
0: the fact that mm-hmm. things are different right now. And yeah. So, hey guys, let's do a let's do a new thing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, even the environment, right? The environment's different. So the kids are picking up on the fact that the house looks different than it usually is. And we talk about environments of encounter here at Damascus all the time. When you were talking, I was literally thinking about when you drive up our drive, wherever the nativity scene's gonna be, we literally have a sign that says, prepare to encounter Jesus, you know? And there's, there's something about environments. Like what we're saying through that sign is we cherish an environment here where encounter with Jesus is expected. Yeah. And I I actually think there's a, again, as, as, um, as Nina and I like think through like whenever we have kids, what are the type of things? That's one thing I've thought about is like creating an environment in the house for encounter with Jesus. And, and kids are picking up on, whoa, there's a Christmas tree up. Whoa, there's an nativity scene out. That, like there are things different here. So t- to both of your points, there's an opportunity yeah. to present something different that creates an environment that might be able to stay, you know?
2: And it's key to get the Fontanini nativity because the, the pieces don't break. So they can play with them. They can crash them accidentally. Okay. They can drop them. Is that, is that big? Is that are like they the a, that a, like <laughs> a Little Tykes one? No, no, Fontanini. <laughs> are no, they a sponsor
1: Mont- of the show yet? Yes, yes. Uh, okay, this, Fontanini, this reach this out to us because we're, uh, we're letting you know about the nativity no, set.
2: I think it's called resin or something. and No, resin breaks. I don't know. Whatever it is, they're beautiful, yeah. but they don't break. So we have like Fontanini nativity. We also have like Fontanini um resurrection scene, because it is a great way for Mm -hmm. like little children for interactive play with the scene. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to having something on the, the, the mantle that you can never touch. right. Also
1: some people do like, um, with their nativity scene. And I I think this is powerful too. uh, They don't have baby Jesus in the manger yet. Right. And so they'll actually, um, cut out yarn or do straw and like, and teach the family that like every time that like, you step out like on mission, right? Like every time you love someone in a way that went outside of yourself, anytime that you do something for a sibling or you do a chore that you weren't asked to do, like in, in secret or like not necessarily secret, but like you can just- without pronouncing it, you can go and grab a piece of straw because, and like even teaching in that fundamental way, like you're preparing the way for Jesus. Like you, by doing that, you're actually preparing the way for Jesus into others' lives. So we're gonna prepare that very tangibly in this manger. So you lay that straw in there. So when little baby Jesus comes, it's more comfortable for him, right? Like just, I think there's things like that that I've heard from people that that's so intentional and and it really works. Like, and if, if we didn't consider ourselves sometimes as adults, like, above those things like that, that's huge for me. Like, man, yeah. How am I adding straw to the manger? You know, like <laughs> I, it, I don't have to outgrow the things that actually yeah. teach the points that are yeah. necessary for the Christian walk.
0: Okay. So in our, in our target to, uh, to take advantage of these last couple weeks of Advent, number one, we are looking at, um, intentional witness. I want to lead us into our second, which is, which is our time of focus on family. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what is, what does it look like when we when we see our family gatherings as an opportunity for mission mm-hmm. instead of an opportunity for I don't know uh backslide or you know one of the things that we talk with our missionaries here every year is you know when when you go home for Thanksgiving or when you go home for Christmas break how is it that we continue to live a missionary life Uh I, I know I know even this couple of weeks ago at Thanksgiving you know my my family gathers together we have probably 25 of my extended family who who gather in one big house together. And it's always been kind of a running thing that uh, when when we gather for prayer before our big meal together, that it falls upon the youngest kid. And ever since the youngest kid like grew up, um, prayer has been just kind of this floating thing that doesn't really happen. So this year, I got it in my mind that I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to lead prayer at Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I, so I intentionally prepared of like, how can I, how can I actually witness to my family mm-hmm. and, and lead them through this time of mission? Mm-hmm. I've got to believe there's opportunities like that, right? Where, where we, we've grown up in such a way that we've fallen into a routine in our, in our family life. And oftentimes for whatever reason, we feel like those conversations are potentially off limits for the type of mission work that we might, that we might live elsewhere.
2: I was hoping, Aaron, that you were going to say Rowan led the. the, led the I was like, <laughs> no, so the youngest just, child in the Richards just, family. Go stopped. for a little Rowan." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, I mean, I, I, it. Um, it's a little different. I, I would say I have two different kinds of experiences, right? Yeah. So on the one hand, my my side of the family is all pretty engaged in the faith still, and so um, it, everything is naturally, um, Christocentric, and every uh, you know, my brother, my sister, my. Uh, like are there, we're already trying to make sure everyone's eyes are on Jesus. And and so that's a huge, uh, a huge grace. And, yeah. um, so in that sense, witnessing isn't all that critical because it's already incorporated. We're, mm-hmm. we're being intentional. I think one area of witness that I've had over the years is of, um, how to be intentional on gift giving for kids and the environment that we establish for, for the, the season of Christmas when, uh, how do we make sure it doesn't become too materialistic and how do we make sure it doesn't become uh, toy driven and, and mm-hmm. receiving driven as opposed to, and man, I'll tell you that that takes a lot of work. And you say kids, but I think of siblings
0: or like yeah. my adult yeah, family. Yeah. Well, so and, I think that can apply to yeah, well, mm-hmm. and, and, anybody.
2: Uh, and I think those hard conversations are important to have. So like the siblings, you know, we talk to each other about like, Hey, we don't mm-hmm. want this we don't want 5,000 boxes in a living room. Like we don't want to teach our kids that like materialism is just everywhere. And like, and so, you know, we're, we're very intentional on how do we give gifts? Who do we give gifts to? What's like, Mm -hmm. what what are, what's the plan this year? And and we have the same conversation almost every year to fine tune and do, let's give gifts of experiences as opposed to giving gifts of, you know, a a sweater and stuff like that. And so, uh, but intentionality, there's really valuable And, and, even like we clear, we use Advent to, um, with our kids. And just this week we did this, um, for the feast of St. Nicholas, we go through and we clean our bedrooms and we clean our, our basement, the toy room. And we, um, any toy that is not necessary in our life, we get rid of it. And we put them in white bags, you know, trash bags. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, and we put them at the foot of the cross. I mean, the foot of the tree and St. Nicholas, the tradition, in our family, St. Nicholas comes and picks them up um, on his feast day. So they, that were are part of, you know, the giving aspect of Christmas. So Takes we clean to house the dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> hopefully no. <laughs> I mean, it's neat. Cause we do like yeah. uh, being able to then, um, have those as gifts that can be re-given to someone else is, is special.
1: Yeah, that is special. I, I don't have much to add. I don't think outside of the, the thing that's been on my heart. And I know, um, we're doing an episode on this soon, but just there's such an opportunity to be different. Um, and, and like, and, and I mean different than how you used to be, you know, because when your family comes over, they've known you for your entire life. And so the opportunity to demonstrate to them that, man, actually you've changed some this year. Yeah. Like you're, you're not quite as defensive when yeah. that gets brought up. Yeah. And I, I feel a peace on you that I, I, I don't remember, right? Yeah. Like the way that you invited us into that this year was really meaningful, like those things, especially with family, are so noticed and sometimes not articulated. And there's probably a ton of reasons for the the fact that they might not be as articulated as often as they're noticed. But nonetheless, like that's obviously the case. And especially with extended family that you're seeing maybe a couple times a year, there's real opportunity to, I, and I don't know, I don't, I don't always want to use sports analogies and it's not about performing, but like one thing when I was, working for the football team at Ohio State that I remember some of the football players sharing is a lot of times they would see the fall as the opportunity to show what they'd been doing during the off season. That it was an opportunity to actually show the work that had been put in. It wasn't about showing up and doing the perfect performance. It was about we've put in all this work and we can't wait to put it together, you know? And there's, there's something to that that's obviously not like, fully complete. But there's also something to that that I think is meaningful. Like when my family shows up, man, that work that we've been doing, Lord, on my heart, on, on allowing me to be more outward facing, uh, allowing me to be more other focused. Yep. I would love for that to show up here at Christmas so that these um, people that I love when they show up, they see the opportunity. I remember, for that's uh, with them.
0: there was a witness that one of our missionaries shared a couple of years ago that he went home and just committed to doing the dishes. Hmm. and uh, that his parents very, very clearly noticed. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, what has
1: happened? What has happened? Yeah. Yeah. That's such an opportunity because then you have a chance to speak too. Because if if they articulate a question, it's like, yeah, it's actually been a huge year for me. The Lord's been really good to me this year. I I don't even really know fully what's happening, but I just, I feel more alive. You know, I feel more present. I, I feel like you can put words on that, that meet people where they're at too, based on. Yeah. Your relationship. Well,
2: I feel like most people who are listening to the show, you probably have families who um, are if if your family is a mission territory, then it's probably it's probably a culturally Catholic mission territory as opposed to an atheistic mission sure, territory. Sure. And so, I think to your your witness, Aaron, I think most of the time, your family actually desires yeah. to do more. They just need a leader, and yeah. and <laughs> the if you take the back seat, then nothing happens. And it's, you're not like most of our, I'm, I'm, I I, clearly, we don't know everyone's family that listens to this show, but most of our families, if you want to pray more, or if you're like, Hey, can we, um, can we do X, Y, and Z? They're not going to get angry or offended. Right. Mm -hmm. And instead it's just, no one's had the conversation and no one's been intentional. Mm -hmm. And, um, so having that intentionality and having those conversations or just being prepared Mm -hmm. with a plan, um, is, is, Yeah. I think very easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: All right. So intentional witness and, uh, let's put some, some thought and some preparation to the time that you're going to spend with your family over the next couple of weeks. You know, uh, how, how can I Lord bring this? Like, how can I make this my, my mission? Mm -hmm. How can you prepare me for this? And then the, the last component that I want to hit on today is that in these last couple of weeks of Advent, um, what would happen if we, if we intentionally focused ourselves toward intercession, you know, um, the, all these things kind of tie together, right? That as, as we identify ourselves with, with understanding who I am as a Christian during this time, of understanding the witness that I have to the world and understanding the, the I don't know, the responsibility that I have to, to be a leader, to be an influence in my family and my friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, that doesn't have to wait until the family gathering. Uh, what, if, what if I just, just steadfastly committed now that I'm, I'm going to intercede by name for every member of my family between now and then so that, you know, so that, that they've been on my heart, that the Lord has been preparing me for this, for this moment, that our intercession is powerful. And it just, I don't know, in that, in that liturgical season of, of hope as, as the Lord prepares us for the fact that, Hey, like I make promises and I keep them right? that, that our participation in intercession is really a share in that. Mm-hmm. I want to wrap us up. Uh, thanks guys. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, awesome reflections you know in these next 2 weeks we've got an opportunity to to witness to the name of Jesus to mm-hmm. intentionally engage with our family in a way that's meaningful and mission focused and and to intercede um, for our church and mm-hmm. for our family and and for ourselves mm-hmm. uh i'd like to maybe close this off by interceding for this community and then we'll wrap it up
1: yeah Brad? yep in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit Amen. Amen. Lord, help us be better at waiting on you. That, Lord, we don't want to do anything without you. And we don't want to do what we want to do and ask you to bless it. We want to do what you're blessing. And the only way we can see where you're moving is if we make ourselves still and look for where you're moving. So allow this Advent to be a season where we intentionally keep ourselves still until you ask us to move. And we pray that in that place, we'd have a real encounter so that when we move, we're moving on mission. And God, we pray we could be on mission to our family, to our friends, and to all those we encounter in this Advent season.
0: Yeah, Jesus, for for anybody for whom this season is one of anxiety, uh, I pray peace in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Lord, that you'd remind us of of who you are and what being in relationship with you means. Uh, God restore our experience of this season, rewrite our story. Uh, it's not too late to enter into relationship with you during this time in a new and powerful and transformative way. We pray that for every member of this community in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Yeah. I would be remiss not to uh, not to also recommend, there's just so many awesome opportunities around this time of year. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for a way to engage uh, there, are, there are conferences and missions that are available around the new year mm-hmm. every year that will just, it, it'll change your life. It'll transform you. What are
2: some of the names so people know? Well,
0: we've got one coming up here uh, mm-hmm. at Damascus. It's not too late to, to look look to it. It's called the Empower Conference for, for young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out on our social media pages or at damascus.net. The conference is called Empower Mm -hmm. Um, we've also got the encounter conference coming up with a a ministry partner of ours encounter ministries out of Brighton Mm -hmm. and then, uh, the seek conference is happening right after the new year.
1: Yeah. Send with St. Paul's outreach and and you'll also find us. We're going to be at all those conferences in some way, shape or form. So yeah, we'd be glad to talk to you.
0: Uh, So, uh, Take advantage of, of this time of year to prepare your heart and to allow the Lord really to speak into it in a powerful way. Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.